Hey everybody, I just wanted to take a second before this episode started to apologize for the horrendous audio quality. Uh, We are trying to figure some things out with the softwares that we're using and the microphones that we're using, and we were also recording in a different space when we were doing this one, so uh, it was kind of a perfect storm, so our apologies on that, but I promise it's a great episode, so just stick with it, and it will get better. (laughs) Thanks for being patient with us as we are learning all of the things. Enjoy! Hi friends, welcome to the Artist Blend. Today we're talking about songwriting. So grab your mug. And let's get talking. It is the morning. It is the morning, as they say. So good morning, everyone. Um, Today we are, as we said, talking about songwriting, but we wanted to start this podcast with a little bit of some news. Um, As of now, we will be live to the world. Uh, Woo! What? Um, And within that, we are going to have a link tree posted on all of our medias to where you can have access to that from any of them. Which is what I just said. I feel like per per you you heard it's with birds. It's the birds. morning. <laughs> I know it's fine. <laughs> I haven't had my bean juice yet. Yeah. Um, but we are going to have an email mailing list where you can stay up to date and hear what we're talking about. Know what kind of coffee we're brewing and drinking, and or any of our affiliate links will be on there as well. Um, and also, that's another way you can get in contact with us. So just head over to our link tree, which is. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash The Artist Blend. And you can find any anywhere we are, it's there. Yeah, it's gonna be and a also, good one, so. I would love to eventually do, like, um, workshops hosted mm-hmm. through The Artist Blend platform. Um, yeah. So if we'll be announcing things like that, like merch stuff and workshop stuff and all that jazz. Merch. will come Merch! will come through <laughs> the email list. So sign up for that if you just kind of want to be upstate on what's going on. Yeah. This could be good. Um, yeah. And be sure to review anytime you hear our podcast because we want to hear from you. We want to know how we're doing. We know we want to know what you want and how you like it. And we know Just that we are like, newbies and yes. we need to learn a lot. So we are excited we do, we to do learn indeed. what we need to learn. <laughs> yes. And just like your own preferences, let's talk about the coffee, shall we? Yes. Okay. So today is interesting. <laughs> well, we um, can't. But. <laughs> because I have it right here. But I cannot say what it is because nope, it can. comes from a film set for a commercial. So my friend is a producer and he was working on a commercial for this company who is about to launch. They, their website still says, opening up soon. So <laughs> te- technically this blend does not exist yet. We don't have these beans, um, but they're really good. <laughs> they are. And so far um, they it's have notes of chocolate covered fruit and a smoky finish. Um, it's really great. And we also had some other uh, blends that they gave us because um, they had bukus of it left over from the commercial. And my wife was working, she was the PA on set, and they were literally going to throw away bags of coffee because, you know, that's how the industry is. They're just like, film, film. they have a lot of money in film. <laughs> and she's no. like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. And so uh, he, she came home with a backpack full of coffee. So we have lots of Wait. blank brand coffee right now. <laughs> Wasted coffee just breaks my heart. But it's that's so fine. sad. Yes, but it's very <clears throat> good. And we'll talk, I guess we can talk more about the coffee itself later. And then maybe yeah, in we'll, a couple we'll... episodes we'll... 
talk about it. Once we know we can talk about it, we will let you guys know what it is. All we yeah. can say right now, it is good. When I get to the bottom of my mug, I will be sad, but I will have more <laughs> notes on it. So, yeah. Ooh, that's funny. More notes on the notes. <laughs> yeah, more notes on notes. Notes on notes on notes. Wait, that, that, oh, notes, on, notes on notes on notes on notes on notes. Yeah, cute. okay, merch, merch, yeah. merch. <laughs> <laughs> if oh you can't gosh. tell, we're extreme newbies and everything is a good idea. So <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a great idea. <laughs> we're like, yes, do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so, do you want to head this up, Easton? Yeah, 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 sure. So part of the reason we're talking about songwriting today is because <laughs> the past, we were supposed to do something else, but the past week yep. has kind of been um, songwriting in all forms like storytelling songwriting and and just like study of lyrics all that has kind of been prevalent in my life for some reason in the last week um i started reading uh finishing the hats which is yes. um it's a collected lyrics and anecdotes and comments and blah 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 uh of sondheim's work i got his this set it's this and then another book called um look i made a hat and uh it's a a pair and I got them for Christmas forever ago and just have yet to read them. Um, so I started reading it this week. And at the same time, I also had signed up for an online Zoom workshop, uh, like a Q&A thing with Sarah Bareilles um, through this um, group called Maestra. If you have not heard of Maestra, listen up, everybody. Um, Maestra is a nonprofit that focuses on elevating women and non-binary artists in the musical theater field. Um, so they have this directory of artists that you, you can find, um, accompanists, you can find music directors, you can find composers, you can find copyists, you can find anybody and everybody, um, in the music industry, really, or specifically musical theater industry, um, who identifies women and non-binary. And it's a really cool nonprofit and they host all sorts of workshops and they're, uh, sometimes they're, they open them up to the public. Um, maestras and maestra adjacent people um, uh, and so I was able to log into this zoom workshop and Sarah freaking Barella's talking about um, storytelling and song and it was hosted and the woman interviewing her was Georgia Stitt who is again another incredible amazing woman in the field so um, lots of songwriting things on my mind so I'm gonna take Austin along you're, you're Here we for, go. The, for the journey of random thoughts <laughs> So I guess the first thing we can kind of chat about is songwriting, uh, the approach to writing a song. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's the spiritual approach and there's the methodical approach. Not methodical as in like dry, but methodical as in method. There is a method, yep. a, a way to do things. Um, Martha Graham has talked many, many times about like letting what is meant to happen happen letting the source mm -hmm. capital s source move mm -hmm. through you and just let it come out and mm -hmm. um in the workshop sarah talked a lot about that and her she's a very spiritually um, minded writer and she kind of just lets things happen she's not very methodical at all in the way that she works and um she talked about when she was writing she used to be mine for waitress um she said well I knew the story that I had to tell needed to be warm and and aching. It needed. She said. She said those two words specifically. It needed to be a warm ache, and she yeah. was like. And I was just trying to figure out how I could do that. And she's like, "Well, 
okay, it has to be 6'8", because what is more warm and aching than 6'8"? <laughs> and she said from there, it was just, it just kind of happened. And, mm-hmm. and she knew it needed to soar and to um, warm, ache, and soar. Those were the things she knew. And from there, it just kind of flowed out of her. And mm-hmm. she said uh, that that is one song that is pretty much 100% copy-paste from the demo. And how that is the only song that maybe like ever <laughs> has not gone yeah. under major revisions from its initial conception to being yeah. recorded. That's awesome. Which I thought was cool. Yeah. Like the fact that she knew the foundation enough of the entire story to be like, this is what this song needs to be. This is why this song needs to be. Mm-hmm. And it, nothing about like from the beginning, nothing had changed. The story yeah. went around that in a way. And yeah. that may that may be a, a twisted statement on my part, but knowing the musical and seeing it twice, like it yeah. pretty much like yeah. that's the peak and then we go back down. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because I've actually never seen it. I want to so badly, but I've never oh seen it. The one time it came to town I um I had a rehearsal or was in a show or something else. I couldn't mm-hmm. see it and then when I went to yeah. New York I had other other shows that were on my docket and uh, just never got so, around so to next, it. So next episode, everybody, will be just a two-person production of Waitress. <laughs> there it is. Actually, no, just a one-person production of Waitress. Yeah. I shall play all the characters. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll watch. Great. Uh, we'll call it Waiter. It'll be fine. <laughs> Waiter. <laughs> Great. Waiter. Waiter. Um, and then I guess the other side of that coin of spiritual... Uh, not versus methodical. But, uh, just like everything with the arts, yep. there's a balance to find. Um, and Sarah is particularly spiritual writing heavy. Um, hmm. And That's the other side, yeah, she, cause she, she also talked about how she does not know music theory. She did not, her, she got her degree in, um, shoot, I can't remember. She does not hmm. have a degree in music. She, she actually the went audacity. to the, the, she went to the placement <laughs> exam, sat down and, and it, the first question was like, write out a G major scale. And she was like, hmm. I'm out. And she said to this day, probably couldn't do that. And she's like, I don't know. She's like, I just, I can kind of play piano. Yeah. yeah. And like on the scale of experts and novices, I'm like down here towards the novice mm-hmm. end. And um, mm-hmm. she doesn't really know theory. And she's like, but that, I, I can't let that limit me. And she's like, it's been a struggle for me, um, yep. which I have notes on for later. But like, it's just, it's, it's interesting. But the other I'll side of that coin. I'll save my thoughts for then, then. Yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. other side, um, ironic, not ironically at all, uh, almost expectantly, is Sondheim's book and his approach. Um, through him, you can kind of hear his thoughts on the balance. Um, Sondheim says in, in his book, Finishing the Hat, the craft is supposed to serve the feeling. Mm. And so he, he has a very specific idea that the the craft itself you use in order to get to that feeling or to create that feeling or to manufacture that feeling maybe not manufacture um no. but but he doesn't let the feelings guide him most of the time from what i can really? understand and gather um, i think he is very in tune emotionally yeah. with what he's writing say, he has to be he has to be exactly There's but too I many think things where you're like what's happening <laughs> but i think the difference is that he I think an aspect about Sondheim is that he is very particular about incorporating the methodology and being very aware of what he's doing with mm-hmm. theory and rhyme scheme and rhyme he's, type he's and all just, of those things. Yeah. He's yeah. so particular. 
because he knows that the craft has to serve the feeling. And um, yeah, again, in this book, he talks about ripe schemes and adjectival padding and, and rhyme types and, and all this stuff. And one thing I love, uh, this is a, a quote from his book. He says, the notion that good rhymes and expression of emotion are contradictory qualities that neatness equals lifelessness is, to borrow a disapproving phrase from my old counterpoint text, the refuge of the destitute. Mm. <laughs> he talks about how, like, oh, well, clean rhymes are boring and they, they just suck the life out of everything. I want to be fun and make, like, slant rhymes. And how sometimes messy rhymes are good and, and, and all mm. this stuff. But it's it's just... A really interesting thought that talking about like good rhymes and expression of emotion can go hand in hand. The craft and yep. the, the the methodology and the emotion can work hand in hand. And one without the other is completely lost. Yeah. And and doesn't really help much if because <laughs> yeah. you you have to have both in order to tell the story well. So I guess the the main first point of of the songwriting discussion being like finding that balance between being spiritually driven and and methodically. Meth- yeah. Method. Me- Methodically driven. Yes, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you mean. Oftentimes, Easton and I will just be talking, and I say the wrong word, and he's like, yeah, I know what he means, so I'm not it. I was editing our our, first or second episode, (laughs) and there was a a word or phrase that we just breezed past, and I realized I have to edit this out because we never address what you're talking about, and it made no (laughs) sense out of context, and I was like, but I knew. (laughs) Oh, well. Oh, well. Let the world wonder. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Have you um, ever tried to write anything? And if so, do you feel like you... Which which side do you sort of approach it from? So the only thing that I've ever tried to write is poetry. Because I really enjoy it. Um, which a lot of people would say poetry is a form of songwriting. Because there's there's rhyme, there's rhythm and everything to it. Um, but as far as song, I never have. I've only ever ingested music. To, mm-hmm. to borrow a phrase from a friend. It makes total sense. And having my um my bachelor's in music and like being uh, aware of how the writing process is and the theory that goes into it and everything like that i guess that's where my love of sondheim like really really at my core comes from because i can see it from all sides not necessarily that i understand or can do all sides but i can see it yeah um and it's interesting that he said um that the messiness and the the rhyme doesn't have to go with this, but it does at the same time. Because if you listen to any of his music, you can hear little motifs or little little plugs here. And some of his patter songs are ridiculously fast, but if you get the word wrong, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's the simple fact that I cannot fathom how long he probably stared at pages mm. to to be like I need to get this right. So that read this and me. you'll find out. Oh, I'm, <laughs> it's I'm like literally him getting going a copy. through all of his old do it. It's him going through all of his old work. Yeah. and and marking it up. And oh he in the very I'm literally like not even <clears throat> a chapter in. I've, I've read the introduction and the preface and mm-hmm. part of the first chapter of uh, yeah. Saturday Night. And already it's just chock full of gold. And uh, he talks about in West Side Story, he was like, a lot of the introduction is about rhyming. And um, mm-hmm. the first chapter is, is rhyme. And he says, he talks about how in West Side Story with Maria, um, um, I feel pretty. Mm-hmm. He, ha- he has the line, it's alarming how charming I feel. And he says yep. something <clears throat> along the lines of, you're telling me that 
Maria, a girl who grew up on the streets with a brother in a gang, has the poise and elegance to use the words alarming and charming to describe how she feels. And he's like, no, that was just a, a new lyric writer who wanted to show off his rhyme skills and it did not serve the character. No. And it was stupid. <laughs> it's basically what he said. I'm like, it's crazy how, it, I love how critical he is of his own work. It's, it's honest exactly. and it's, it's up front and it's blunt. He's a true artist. He's a, he's true, a, artist. He's a true artist. Um, Forever. To, to, to talk to your, your point of poetry and its resemblance mm -hmm. to lyrics, Mm -hmm. um, he also has a great discussion on that, which I ah. totally agree with. Um, he was talking about how with poetry, um, it, it's, it's similar to lyrics, but mm -hmm. they inherently cannot be the same because poetry has its own rhythm. It has its mm -hmm. own lilt and musicality to it, which is so mm -hmm. important in poetry. And the moment you try to put music under that, you are now fighting the rhythms that the poetry was born into. It's true. And unless for some reason you try to find something that's that's exactly within uh, the mm -hmm. structure that was already there, but even then you're 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 stretching it and you could be morphing it and all of that. It it takes it out of its own context, its own yep. form. Like when you're mm -hmm. you're making a book into a movie, like we talked about before, you you it cannot be the exact same. You have to change it, even though you want it to be a true representation. Um, yep. And he, he says that lyrics inherently have to lack something. And mm. what they lack is the music. Is and the moment the you put yep. music into it, it becomes what it needed to be in the first place. Why and he's is he like, a and genius? That's Why? Why <laughs> is he he's, genius? He is. He just I is. Know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sitting here, I'm like, of brilliant. course, of course that makes sense. Yeah. Brilliant. That makes yeah. total sense. Because I'm sitting here listening to you talking about his points about poetry can't become music necessarily or the moment you put music under it it fights and i'm sitting here as a non non-songwriter i'm like okay does the music come first then no it's almost like you got to write both together yeah. otherwise yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not gonna work yeah and that that <clears throat> age old question of which which comes yeah. first which one first <laughs> yeah actually Chicken that's the end. title of this musical <laughs> yes <laughs> which, 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 which came first yeah music or lyrics <laughs> yeah and it's just it's brilliant that, that he says um good lyrics will often read badly on the page. And he's like, and that's a big thing he talks about is, it's kind of silly I'm writing this entire book because when you put lyrics on a page, they don't read well because they need yeah. the music. Yeah. And in, in order to be what they were meant to be, it's like when you have sheet music on a page, but you can't read sheet music, you're just looking mm -hmm. at dots and lines and you can't, mm -hmm. it's not the same effect as the song. And similarly, no. lyrics on a page don't don't do justice to what the work itself is. And so poetry yeah. and lyrics fighting, which Fight. I, I just love. I love that they're, <laughs> I know, right? they can't coexist. They, they, they can, can't. But it's, it's its own art. It's its own thing. Of itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're rhythms. trying to turn, if you're trying to turn poetry into song, you have to understand the rhythm of the poetry and then mm -hmm. have to morph the music to it. Yeah. Which can yeah. work, but it really depends. If you've got a slow, slow pattern poem, but you were like, I want it to be upbeat. No, no, mm -hmm. that's not going to work. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> like with, um, in Oklahoma, uh, he cites the, the lyrics, oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I've got a beautiful feeling. Everything's going my way. Yeah. That is boring. Yep. If you're just reading that as a poem, it's like, okay, that's fine. Yep. But Great. the moment you put the, the waltz, the waltz mm -hmm. gives it this lilt that, uh, it's just, oh, right. it's a brilliant point that he makes yes. there.
It really is. And um, I once read, because um, briefly between my two degrees, I was reading some books on poetry, and I just remembered, spark note, um, that it talked about no matter how you read a poem, nobody's going to read it the same way. Hmm. Because our internal voice gives it rhythm, gives it a tempo, and gives it a feel. It's just like how we yeah. uh, can misinterpret texts or uh, emails or things <laughs> like that. Because we put context into the, that person, into that moment, however we're feeling, goes into it. So you could get a text that just says K, and it'd be perfectly innocent. But everyone else is like, oh my god, they're mad at me now. I, I, don't, I don't know what I did. Yeah. So it's, it's contextual, but also it's just fascinating to me, our brains. Yeah. And talking about the voice... That yes. brings me into a, another Ooh, aspect segue. of like finding <laughs> segways, segway central. Talking about your voice, and mm-hmm. a lot of people were a- asking Sarah back to Miss Barreles about mm-hmm. how to find your voice and and how to work within the sound of your voice and trusting your voice and all this sort of stuff and this abstract idea of your own voice. Mm-hmm. And she said brilliantly. <clears throat> If it is a creation of yours, if it comes from you, it will sound like your voice. Mm. And she's like, you can try to recreate any genre of song. If you try to create an Aerosmith-sounding song, then it's going to be Aerosmith of your own voice. Yeah. And and she's like, that's, <clears throat> that's what makes your voice yours, is that it comes from yeah. you. And she says that mm-hmm. your unique perspective is your superpower as a writer and, and you have to lean into your unique experience in this world, and that's what's mm-hmm. going to make your work interesting, is because no one else will have the exact experiences that you do, and, and no one else is gonna be able to create the work that you can, because you are you, and because mm. you have your own voice, which is born of your unique experience in, in life. And ugh, just like so many gold nuggets. Ugh. <clears throat> oh, Miss Borellis, have you heard of Meisner? Because this, <laughs> no, that's fascinating because it's true. I mean, that makes me think, again, musical realm, just because that's where we live sometimes. Um, with like uh, the musical Rock of, or is it Rock of Ages? I think. Is that the jukebox musical with all the different rock songs from different artists? There's that and there's We Will Rock You. No, I'm talking about Rock of Ages. Okay. Um, we Will Rock You is probably the same way, but you have all these songs that are from rock artists. Like you were talking about Aerosmith. But the individual artist, whoever is singing it at the time, they're not going to be those people, but they're mm. going to make themselves sound within that genre. So that's fascinating. And that's a superpower yeah. in its own sense. But also think about originating a role. A lot of people will listen to... Um, this is a bad example, but it's also a good one. For example, Beetlejuice. No one's going to think about that musical and not think of Alex as Beetlejuice because mm. of his originality. <clears throat> or, here we are. I can do that. His originality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cast me no. No. Um, his originality with how he did the role, mm. a lot of people are going to have that expectation going to see the show, even on tour now. Or if, if it's on tour. I know it's going on tour. I don't know if it's started yet. Anyways. Um, hmm. I like, I like that your voice is your superpower. Yeah. 
and and I love that that like, that, that uh, analogy works mm-hmm. in both the abstract in the writing sense of what your voice is, but also literally your own actual voice if you're singing yeah. and performing. Yeah, I love that. It's true. Um, and she, it's she like she was meant to write for musical theater and just came it's to it. It's almost like that. It's fine. But also, she dominated the pop world too. Oh my gosh, it's a whole thing. But Sarah mentioned that to to find your own voice and to trust your own voice, mm-hmm. you have to to make a lifelong commitment to continue to be your own friend and advocate. She was like <sighs> to 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 fully grasp your own voice. Mm. You have to you have to wait your whole life if you want to to fully have a handle on what your voice is. But you yeah. always have to be your voice's friend and advocate and say, my voice matters. My voice can can do these things. I, I need to trust it. And she's mm-hmm. like, just be its, be its friend and advocate and you will learn and grow and, and know thyself. And, and your voice will reveal itself to you if you create. Because once you create, yeah. that's your voice because it's from your, your unique perspective, which, which is wow. what's important. I like it. <laughs> my voice... Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, I'm always trying to just create something from things that I learn, but like my voice equals my friend. Like, I just love that image in my head. And that's yeah. what I'm going to remember when I think about uh, this conversation or any anything that has to do with songwriting. That's incredible. So, so this is amazing and brilliant and lovely. Uh, what just came to mind was a quote uh, from a Sondheim show that totally backs up and, and, supports Sarah's idea that if you just, your voice will happen if you create something. Um, It's in Sunday in the Park with George, the song Move On, um, when he's worrying about what he's creating and if people will like it and and the fact that he likes what he makes, but it's just, ah, it's awful. And she's trying to encourage him and she's moving on away from him and and her life with him. and she says, just keep moving on. Anything you do, let it come from you. Then it will be new. Give us more to see. Ah, it's just, it's, it's exactly what we're trying to say here. Exactly. And of course, he's already summed it up, what, 40 years ago? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, there's, no, there's the, nothing, nothing under the sun is new. There's nothing new under the sun. But at the same time, it's new enough coming from you. Um, so us having this conversation is in, in our own voice is just as important as them having this threshed out 40 years before us. Uh, <laughs> could you imagine if um, if Sondheim had been given more time on this world? Because mm. I wish he'd had. Um, if him, I mean, he had a lot. He I know. Was... <laughs> I know. He had, he had a lot. No. Um, I could not imagine a musical with Burrellis and Sondheim. Mm. That would have been gut-wrenching like, yeah and even then there's tissues. her into the woods which already was just i like know it's really neat really really neat i wish interpretation it, but... again that's another show like any show you see is going to be a different interpretation but just like mm-hmm. that it's a show that is loved and endeared so long but yeah. now with this new version people are like oh it's it's brilliant i'm like well it's the same show it's new it's fresh it's different, it's different. It's, it's... yeah yeah and yeah. like it ugh. Which it is because it's different people. Exactly. Because of the beauty of theater. <laughs> Yay! Um, oh my gosh. But anyways. Yes. One other topic uh, yes. to, that I wanted to touch on was um, the relationship, differences, similarities, pop, and musical theater. Mm-hmm. Um, we come from musical theater world, and yes. Sarah is somebody who has dipped her toe in both. Um, mm-hmm. 
and had a lot of success in both. Um, and somebody asked her, like, hey, wh- what, are, what do you feel like the differences are? What do you, what's your experience with that? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, first off, with pop, there is a celebration and expectation of repetition. You verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and that chorus is pretty much the same every time. Maybe there's a little build, but, like, you always go back to that. And yeah. she's like, yes, that's true. You want there to be a hook. You want there to be um, some sort of catchiness to it and whatever. But she said that it has to move forward in musical mm-hmm. theater. There is not enough. <laughs> she said there's, there's not enough square footage to waste uh, anything. You, you, no bar can be wasted in telling the story. It has to be helpful to the audience, to understanding the characters, to understanding the story. Mm-hmm. And you sort of have some extra real estate in pop. The <clears throat> expectation is that you're going to repeat a chorus multiple times probably, and it's going to sound yeah. pretty much the same. And that's sort of the structure. It's the, the, mm-hmm. the form of that art. And Transition to Musical Theater, she was writing the opening song, and someone was like, hey, nothing's new. That We're, we're not learning anything, and you can't really afford to do that. You have <laughs> to let it just create something new and tell us something new every single moment. And she said it was like they, were, they had opened and were in previews, and she was like, this opening number's wrong, and still didn't have it <laughs> after they had opened, um, or not officially opened, but after they had, uh, after they had started the previews, she was still trying yeah. to figure out this opening song. And opening oh, songs yeah. in and of themselves are awful, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah. but because of her pop background, she had that was something she had to kind of shift and learn. Yeah. Um, which is just like I think one of the the most basic uh, differences between writing for for pop and musical theater or musical theater and anything else is that with musical yeah. theater you have to have the story focus and you're always moving forward because there's not you only have two and a half hours to tell an amazing sweeping story sometimes less yeah. than that sometimes more yeah. than that 90 minutes go 90 minutes like, go you know come yeah. <laughs> come from away in come and out, away done Ugh. and square footage another another corner. yeah yeah like and the other thing with opening songs i agree with you like they are just ugh. Because you have to squeeze every ounce of the before into that two, three-minute song because uh, people don't know the story. You have to inform them, and that's why it's chock full of things, and it can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But uh, to touch on a point that you um, talked about with Borellis, that she didn't, she didn't do theory. She doesn't know theory that doesn't come to everybody and mm-hmm. the people who get theory are like oh you don't you can't do theory why it's just like people who can read faster than other people or who like reading versus not reading it's it it's just how our brains are it's your own voice it's how, your own interpretation da, 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 da. i could say so many different things but yeah um it's fascinating that she has been on both sides and it would be interesting to know which one she enjoys more now like I, I know they're all they're both mm. going to be different to her, but she she has been so involved with musical theater ever since Waitress. Yeah. Now, I think that she's she's got bitten by the bug, if you will, <laughs> yeah. and she's like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, Georgia at the beginning, Georgia was like, "You are a Broadway woman," and she was like, "Oh my gosh, I cannot tell you how amazing it feels to, for you to say that." Because like I didn't. <laughs> she was like, "Waitress was my first time kind of like jumping in." She's like, "Having to be on that stage." At, towards the end of the run, jumping in as Jenna, she was like, I have learned so much. And I, she said, I've done theater in, like, high school, and, like, I did community theater, and I 
was never um I, I went to school not pursuing this and she was like to kind of make my way back into the theater world it feels like i'm just coming home and so I, I think for her and her heart she, she does feel like 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 new york city for yeah for, um musical theater storytelling is her home um nice. but it, it's it was really cool to, to hear her talk about that and um mm-hmm. she was also talking about how as a as a songwriter you have the mindset of the story at large. You have to think about what's coming next, how you're going to tell the story. You are the narrator that sees all, and you mm-hmm. get to be conscious of of the story as it unfolds. And she's like, stepping onto the stage, I realized, uh, kind of fumbly, I, I realized that these actors are living moment to moment. And she's like, they don't, they don't know what's coming next. These characters have no idea what's coming next, which was a blast to discover and, and and she said I found things for Jenna that I didn't even know were there when I was writing yep. them because I mm-hmm. I I didn't have the luxury of of the, the adventure I didn't have the adventure mm-hmm. of discovering it all from moment to moment I had to think of big picture at all times yep. and she said getting to see and feel Jenna from that perspective changed everything mm-hmm. and that's, that's something crazy. really true too as a songwriter you can't Necessary. Not that you can. I think it's probably a great exercise to um, to do that to put yourself in that mm-hmm. moment to moment. But as a songwriter, you have the responsibility and the expectation of having that zoomed out point of view. You know, you have the aerial view at all times. Mm-hmm. But, the same thing could be said for like a director. I I can't tell you how many times I've been in a rehearsal, and it it's just because of the industry and the way it works. But I've seen a director have to go in for an actor who didn't have an understudy. And go up on on stage and read as the uh, rehearsal was happening, and the director finds so many things because they're focused on that moment and that one character and just yeah. having to fill it in. And they'll be like, "I didn't realize this person's going through this," because <laughs> you you see all at all times, and you you lose the hyperfixation that all mm. of us actors have to go through moment by moment, discovering new things. Like, sure, everyone on the stage knows what happens at the end. We, they were in yeah. rehearsal. If they weren't, they were swing, and they know exactly what they're doing as well. So, swing nation, mm-hmm. go! Um, yeah, swing nation. But <laughs> it's it's still fascinating that she fumbled into that. But as uh, as you and I, being actors, we know we're like, yeah, it mm-hmm. happens. Well, welcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love that. She, I love that she's at home. That is incredible mm-hmm. because I feel like the theater world in general is can be home for a lot of people. And for some people, it may be uh, a toxic environment. It depends on where you are. But generally, um, a, a lot of the theater community is just welcoming. And that's what I love about it. That's why mm-hmm. when I got the bug, um, I was like, yes, I love it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Any other one, thoughts? Yes. Two super quick things, which were just fun. And I think anybody listening would like to know. Um Ooh. One is that she said, if you don't, if you don't have theory knowledge, just don't stop. Like, don't let it bog you down. Don't, don't let it get in your head. Because she said, I was surrounded by people who were talking all things. It sounds like they were just like translating sheet music into their mouths. And she was like, I had no idea what they were talking about. She said, but I have a good ear and I know what things should sound like. I know when things sounded wrong. I know when the kick drum needed more of a pulse, when it needed to move more, whatever. And she's like, don't get in your head about it. No matter where you are, it's enough. And jump in and trust yourself because you don't mm. need all the things all the time. You can't be everywhere yeah. with all the knowledge that ever existed. Um, mm-hmm. 
So don't, build a don't team. let it stop you. Yeah, build a team. And speaking like of building don't... a team, that's yes. my other thing. Yeah. Wow. Segways. We, we barely talk about we barely talk about these episodes too. So when it, we truly have these segways, yeah. they're like, hey, they're here it is. <laughs> um, the other thing was the orchestrations. Do you know about the orchestrations for Waitress? No, but do tell. They did not have an orchestrator for the show. There is no excuse, orchestrator. Excuse me. What? They like with every other Broadway show. Um, mm-hmm. You have the music; it's prepared, whatever, and then it mm-hmm. goes to an orchestrator who. Mm-hmm. <laughs> orchestrates it, d- decides the voicing and, <laughs> and how it all works and what instruments and who and how and where and yes. chart it all out, right? Yes. Um, and so it has the voice of that orchestrator normally and it sounds like this beautiful polished thing. But with Waitress, the, Sarah said, the only way that I ever worked was with a band in a studio who kind of just workshopped it together and it was a creation of those group of people. And she said, that's Make what we work. did for Waitress. And they made it work. <laughs> and she said, that's that's kind of what we did. We, we got the band together and we workshopped it and figured it out as we went. And so they they all together split the orchestrator fees that come out of licensing and stuff. She's like, we all split it because it was all of us together. We were the orchestrator. Um, yeah. I didn't want like one voice. It felt weird yeah. to not let the band discover their yeah. own voicing and um, orchestrate themselves. And, and yeah. she said, that's one thing, the one reason why I think every single person in that pit was there when we closed. It was the exact same team. And she said finding subs were very difficult because you had to find people with a very specific skill set of, of mm-hmm. those people. Um, she said specifically finding somebody who could do, oh, what was it? Um, like cello and guitar or something. And she was mm. like, it was just weird. But yeah. um, the morale was incredible because they had created this work themselves. And yeah. they were the orchestrators. They split the orchestration title and credit and fees and everything and she's like and they were all there when we closed it was yeah. great <laughs> i love that i mean it, it orchestrators have their right in place we love them we mm-hmm. need them in the world oh my gosh. that's fascinating to collaborate especially with a show like waitress like is it yeah. always going to be applicable no no but having multiple voices instead of just the one copying it down onto the paper yeah is fascinating and it makes it sound more like a pop album it gives it a really unique sound that that other shows don't and it worked perfectly for them and it would work horribly for Mm. other shows you know yeah and i can't tell you how many times i've walked past a pit at times for a show and the drummer is just frustrated Mm. with the music and he's like it should be this and mind you that's any drummer's individual voice sure and any any instrumentist not word any, <laughs> instrumentalist, any instrumentalist yeah, thank yeah. you there we go um we'll, would probably say the same thing and be like oh this makes more, more sense and they'll change it and it's like well you can't do that but you can as well if it works better fine mm-hmm. but oh, i love that she built the team i love that they were all there from beginning to end yeah that's, that's a wonderful and that that also it bears resemblance to sondheim's major major well-known quote content dictates mm-hmm. form and for Sarah and Waitress, the the content of that show dictated the form of the orchestrations. It needed that in order to yeah. thrive. Content dictates. Yeah. Look at that. Content dictates form works with sometimes <laughs> the, uh, theology, theology, philosophy, Theorist. philosophy. Maybe philosophy is what I'm looking for. Um, we, we know big words. This is we fun. know big words. <laughs> hey, this podcast is about learning and growing. <laughs> yeah, we're refined. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like. I feel like this almost needs a part two. 
because this is a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like no, and and I I love that. Like I want this to be a continued discussion. And yeah. Miss Barillas, if you happen to listen somehow, <laughs> we would love to have you. Oh as yeah. You could you could actually talk about your. Uh, oh, could you imagine? <laughs> we just get Crazy. an email and she's like, "Yes, I would love it." <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, uh, but that is something, if you have particular subjects you want us to cover, or if you yes. have people you want to be on here, let us know. We have some really cool guests coming up. Next week we we've do. got somebody um, who you may know and love already um, who's coming on and, and going to talk about some cool things. But, um, mm. yeah, we've got cool things in the works, and we it's want true. to work into the show things that you guys specifically want to hear so let us know yeah. um it's the artist blend for a reason we're, yeah. we're not just we're just two artists but we want all involvement yeah yeah and we, we only can. know so much and this whole show exactly. is about like us trying to learn and talking about things exactly uh so we can learn and i'm not gonna better... leave this episode and go ah i can write a song now no <laughs> <laughs> nope um but that's not to say don't try just go for no, it exactly. you know for do everybody yeah. like do the thing and um don't be afraid. No. Don't stop. Write the song. We we need it. Yeah. We need more don't, of the songs. Don't um let let something be bad mm-hmm. and get to the end of the idea. Yeah. Which is another thing which we're talking about in the workshop. Don't. Get to the end of your idea, let it be bad exactly. and then worry about fixing it later. Kick the editor is... out of the room as Ben Folds exactly. once said. <laughs> oh. Yes. I love that. Um there is no th- such thing as failure, only early attempts at success is the mm. one thing I'll say. And the other thing is, I learned this in Theory 5. I'm not an expert, I just went into Theory 5. Um, it was for a degree, it's fine. I wouldn't have walked and, into the building of Theory 5, let alone a class. <laughs> well, here's something you learn within Theory 5, is here's the box that you have formed, all the rules that you know. Mm-hmm. Break it. <laughs> and you're like, What? That's super frustrating. Like, yeah. you look at it and you're like, that can't be right. But they're like, it is. And, yeah. I'm like, and it's the same in no. Shakespeare. It's like you, it's you, build, Shakespeare. You, you build this rhythm with iambic pentameter and then you get mm-hmm. to break it with a, with a feminine mm-hmm. ending or, or something that, mm-hmm. that kind of makes the ear go, what? Breaking mm-hmm. the rules is where the fun is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's like, it's like in directing. It's like in math. It, it, the moment you hit that wall, you have to go through the wall. Mm. So don't let your box define your idea. Let your idea live outside the box and move the parameters. Your box can yeah. grow. Your box can expand. Yeah. Don't don't be a cardboard box and be fixing yeah. it. <laughs> so many TV shows today, I feel like, too, are specifically with Netflix. Netflix is doing cool things that because we know, everybody knows what cable TV box looks like. Not not the literal cable box, but, like, the, the, it's the parameters. Square, it's a little great. No. Yeah. But, like, we, we all are familiar with the parameters for cable television. But now that we're into this weird, flexible place with streaming services, now we can enter into time. Into, now we can enter into a time of weird new creations. And Netflix, I think, is the champion of that so far. Like with with Bandersnatch, having their own follow, uh, choose your own adventure show. What? Yeah. What? So so that's know insane. the parameters and then break them. And that's exactly. a really cool topic too. We could have a whole it. episode about that. We could. <laughs> I think I think we may like what's sure. what's a what's a wall, what's <laughs> a wall? Um, but on to end. I'm at the bottom of my cup. Mm. I think we will continue this discussion into a different episode because yeah. it's at, truly fascinating. I think I'll get a copy of that book before we do, and we can maybe yeah. finish to the end of it. And yeah, it, we and have way more thoughts on that. Yeah, I love that. Um, so, what do you think of the coffee? 
I liked it a lot. I love the, it, it talks about the um, chocolate covered fruit and I really got that. It was like, mm-hmm. it's fruity enough. I, I normally don't like fruity coffees. Um, yep. I like the more nutty things, but mm-hmm. um, this had a really nice balance of, it gave me enough fruit to yep. be able to still leave room for that chocolate. And it had a nice smokiness. citrus blend, that's for sure. And mm-hmm. the, the chocolate I got, it's a hint of a note for, for my palate. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Coffee coffee is different for everybody because yeah. everyone has an individual palate. So yeah. I'm going to go the entire day and be like, that's fine. That's your journey. That's great. <laughs> that's your journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Merch! I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Merch. <laughs> that's your journey. That's your journey. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I enjoyed the the um, the groundedness, to not put a pun in it, but like mm-hmm. the coffee was just really, really grounded. I'm excited for this uh, brand to come out. They seem, yeah. they seem really cool. Um, so stay tuned for that, everyone. But on brands that are amazing and all that, Easton, why don't you plug our little friends over at Cover? Uh, is it, uh, uh, I've forgotten the name. Carver Coffee. Carver Coffee. Carver Trading Co- Company. Cover Cafe. Cover Cafe. Um, yes, if you want really good coffee that mm-hmm. is roasted to order and shipped to your door, go to carvertradingco.com or, you know what, click the referral link in yeah. the it's show in the notes. Tree. Or in the link tree. Because you Wherever. know why? Do you know why? You get why? 10% off. Are you kidding me? Which is amazing. Me? 10%? And- <laughs> Are we writing an infomercial? (laughs) I think so. Maybe we should stick to songwriting and not infomercial writing. Yeah, Um, there you go. (laughs) But for real, it's really good coffee. They have lots and lots of flavors out there. They're actually starting to sell out of certain flavors in certain sizes. Oh, really? Wow. So, yeah, they have only, they don't have any 12 ounces left of Kilimanjaro, which is one that I think we covered the first episode. Mm -hmm. They only have the 28 ounces left. Um, So go in there. We're running them out of business. We're running them out of business. (laughs) So uh, go to carvertradingco.com. Use the referral code, referral link. The the code is the artist's blend. um, And get 10% off your coffee. Yeah. It's really good coffee. And it's supporting two wonderful people that Easton um, interacted with. They seem like super, super nice folks. Uh, So get your discount. Uh, Stay tuned for merch. If you want to join um, the email trend, go ahead to our link tree, and there will be a Google form that you can fill out there. Yeah. Um, And we'll keep everybody up to date of of our silly antics and the merch that keeps coming. (laughs) Also, I just realized this is coming out on Valentine's Day. Today's episode is... Be your own Valentine. Wow. Much like your voice. Yeah, if you're listening to this when it comes out, first off, thank you for, like, jumping to yes. listen immediately. Like, uh, and if morning. you're not, that's okay. Uh, but if that's you okay. are, happy Valentine's happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Be your own Valentine. We love you. Yes, we love you very much. Um, all, all the love from both of us. And on that note, and because it's Valentine's Day, be good beans and drink good beans. And go have some chocolate. You deserved it. You have did great chocolate. today. You made it through this podcast. No matter what, just you're like listening. we did. Just go buy chocolate. Exactly. Just go buy chocolate. I mean, or no, wait till the notes of chocolate. Actually, the day to get chocolate is uh, February fifteenth because it's half off at that point. So there you go. Oh, actually, yes. Wait a day. <laughs> yes. Wait. Wait until the day. If you're buying your own chocolate, if you're buying chocolate for somebody else for Valentine's Day, yes. I mean, be on time. Yes. In the acting industry, uh, early is on time, on time is late, and late is unacceptable. <laughs> um, but anyways, guys, be good beans, drink beans, and we'll see you later. See you later. Uh, bye. The Artist's Blend theme music was written and produced by Christopher and Sarah Bailey of Well Wishes Productions. 
a Nashville-based boutique production company specializing in multimedia production, live event contracting, studio, and live vocals. Find Incognita's infamous adventures on Amazon Prime and its soundtrack on all digital platforms.